0: Yeah, that's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know, though. Good to know.
1: You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic, and we have episode number 47 coming your way today. Uh, I'm coming off losing my voice completely. Uh, I've been recording a ton of videos and, and... Luckily, we didn't have to record yesterday or the day before. It would have been 10 times worse. So uh, we're going to fight through this. But today, I'm actually going to let Molly do the intro. We've got all three of us, and we've got another special guest. Last week, uh, on episode number 46, we talked about three big Facebook changes uh, that you need to know about, and we talked about some really cool stuff that Facebook's been rolling out that you can really leverage in your business. And one of the changes that we wanted to hit on, but we decided that we can't even cover this as part of other changes. It's too big. It's the biggest frustration that that people are are having recently. It's one of the biggest questions that we get every single day is what do I do with the new Facebook pixel? What do I do? Do I use the old pixel, the new pixel? What's the difference between a custom audience and and what's a Facebook pixel? What what the heck is it? Is it a video game or what? This is going to be a fun one. I think Ralph's going to love this one. It could be a conversation back and forth between these two agency owners. Indeed. Um, But Molly, you, you brought this together. So I, I'm gonna let you kind of intro how you found Andy and everything.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So earlier this year, you know, when Facebook first rolled out the the new Pixel, I was scouring the internet and searching Google as I normally do, and I found a few blog posts on Andrew's website, Funnel Boom. And I started to read and I was like, wow, this guy really knows his stuff. Because most of the time when you read content about something like a Facebook pixel, you know, it's just so broad and and so basic that you can't really do anything with it. And I was really trying to figure out how to use it. So I think I ended up Facebook messaging Andrew and uh, getting a hold of him. I realized he was from Georgia. I was from Kentucky. So that was even better, right? Um, But we started chatting and I realized, wow, this guy really knows his stuff. And we had a few Skype calls and he's helped us get the new pixel implemented at Digital Marketer. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Andrew's the CEO of Funnel Boom. We will have links in the podcast notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast, but he is definitely uh, the the most educated person that I know on the new pixel. So we're excited to, to have him on today.
3: Yeah, thank you guys so much. Very excited to be here. I've been listening to the podcast for A long time so I really appreciate the invite so yeah
0: Andrew I mean I think uh, when I started reading your stuff after Molly brought it to my attention I said here's a guy who probably knows more about how to utilize the Facebook pixel than Facebook does I think in a lot of ways with the exception of uh-huh. so um, true. <laughs> maybe like you know some programmers that haven't written any blog posts on it
2: I sent our partner manager at Facebook Andrew's content <laughs> like, yeah. this will probably help your clients
0: I sent him the blog post that's on DM right now on, on digital marketer because it's so good I mean in the videos and this is obviously going to be in the show notes here his blog post that he just wrote I mean, it is extensive and it's got like 30 minute videos. I mean, totally, totally detailed. So you can get as much in detail as possible, but also you can use this new pixel just at a basic level too. You sort of run the gamut with this thing. You can get very, very granular and you can also keep it relatively simple. And I think you did a great job of explaining it. So I was super impressed. I immediately said, you know, this is a guy that we want to talk to. So I'm so glad to have you on the show today, man, and uh, talking about all this stuff that we've got so many people asking us questions about. So really great to have you on. So the biggest question that we get, just as a broad question, is why is Facebook changing from this old pixel that we all love we all know it yes it's clunky yes it has its quirks and so forth but we do love it why is facebook switching over to this new i put my air quotes up new conversion pixel or new facebook pixel so that probably is the is the biggest question we get asked so andrew really interested in hearing what you have to say on it um because you obviously know more than facebook does about this sort of
3: stuff anyway so (laughs) you guys guys are gonna get me in trouble (laughs) the biggest problem or the biggest frustration with the old pixel. And I I would imagine digital marketer probably felt this pain as much as anyone is when you start to get into a situation where your funnel is getting bigger and you have different paths and different personas, that old conversion pixel screen, where you would have just a list of all these different conversion pixels (coughs) starts to get five to six pages long. And uh, you have all these IDs that you got to kind of keep track of. So I think the biggest reason they wanted to make the change was the flexibility and the ability for the advertiser to use one pixel versus having to manage a whole slew of other pixels. Now, from their end, every time someone creates a new conversion pixel, that's like a whole other data point in their system. It's a whole other thing they have to optimize to. So I think it lowers the burden on their side. And then also for us, the advertisers, there's a lot more flexibility. There's a lot more uh, ease of management of now I have one pixel ID. I can use custom conversions and events. Instead of having to keep up with all these separate pixels and, and manage that, we have one pixel. Real
1: quick, I'm gonna before you get into the next thing, I'm gonna jump in and, and ask you for somebody out there listening might be like, What's a pixel? You know, I just went to the movie Pixels with my with my seven year old a couple months ago, and I'm thinking like what what the heck is a pixel? What's the difference between a pixel and I don't know, a tracking code? Like if you could explain that. And why they named it that, that might help a tiny bit too.
3: So really you could use the two uh, interchangeably, you know, pixel tracking script. The word pixel comes from the older days where when you wanted to track what someone did on your website, almost a hundred percent of the time, what the advertising platform or the analytics platform or whatever technology you were using would give you an image tag, right? And it was a one by one image that you wouldn't see appear on the page, but it was an image tag nonetheless and it was one by one, so people started calling them pixels. So that's where the term comes from, and it's just kind of stuck that people call it tracking pixel, tracking code. But any with any of those phrases, basically all we're talking about is, is a, uh, a little piece of code that you can put on your site. You know, it's usually an image tag or a JavaScript that sends data to another platform from, from your site.
1: Perfect, similar to Google Analytics tracking code.
3: Exactly.
0: So, yeah, I mean, even the the naming of this thing, I think, is confusing for people because, I mean, from the affiliate marketer days, we would always say, well, play, you know, talk to your affiliate manager and place your conversion pixel on the thank you page. But in actuality, this is really a code. It's the same code that we've all been using before for website custom audiences. So, it, you know, this thing isn't really all that. New. I'm not sure why they call it new per se. It's a new way of tracking conversions, but it's really, it's using the same thing that we've been using before with the website custom audience code forward slash pixel. Right. Right. The
3: only real difference there, you know, for our purposes, all it is, is a syntax change, right? We just go in, replace that old retargeting pixel with the new code block that part really does the same thing. It's just that instead of using separate conversion tags, we're now going to be able to do audience building and conversion tracking just from the one base pixel. And I think that's
0: the key takeaway. And I think that's what Facebook, you know, it's an enormous platform. And I think, from a simplicity standpoint, they probably realize, hey, you know, we've innovated in so many different ways here by people-based tracking using user IDs as opposed to cookies. You know, I mean, that's like the old way of doing it, is tracking people around the internet through cookies. This same sort of thing. The old way of tracking conversions is through pixels, but we're going to do it our way in a smarter way. And you know, even though I think a lot of us went kicking and screaming over to the other side with this new <laughs> way of converting, um, it really is just as smart as the old yeah conversion pixel.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely for the best and kind of along those lines Andrew, you know, could you kind of explain what are the biggest differences between the old and the new pixel. I know you touched on one a a minute ago, but just so people can really understand because it is scary. When this all rolled out, I was like, Oh, no, this is going to be a mess. But the more that you dive in, you know, you definitely have to to understand it. And of course, that's why we have you on today. But the more that you dive in, you realize that things aren't changing that much. And it's okay.
3: And I think the biggest key is the the flexibility of the new pixel. So if you check out the blog post on digital marketer, you'll see, well, we go through like two kind of separate setup cases. So the flexibility of the new pixel is that whether you have like a three page funnel, and that's all your website is, right? You're driving people to a, a lead magnet page. And then from there to a tripwire purchase, and then from there to a core offer. If you just have a linear one path funnel, you can use this new Facebook tag And you don't have to really do anything extra. You can use URL rules to segment out your actions and you can get it done pretty quickly. But if you have a bigger site, this new pixel also accommodates that as well, because with the use of events and parameters, we can track dynamically really complex relationships between products and blog posts and so forth. So I think the the biggest reason for it and the, the biggest difference is just that it has that flexibility and the power of being able to use these events and parameters, the other big pain point that advertisers were having is what I refer to as conversion scoping. So, with the old pixel, you would need to specify what pixel you wanted to optimize to when you set up your ad set or whatnot. Now, the problem was like, let's say for example, if you run traffic to a blog post, and let's just say I have like an inline CTA to get them to download a lead magnet, then I have Two call to actions on the sidebar to download other lead magnets. Well, they, they're all going to go to different thank you pages. You know, in the old days, I would probably keep those separate. Like I'd have three separate conversion pixels for those three events. Well, in the old days, you, know, you really had to kind of pick one pixel to choose from to, to tell Facebook, all i right, right, I'm, I'm paying for this ad to send people to this blog post. My goal is to get them to opt in. And I'm just going to have to kind of pick one of these lead magnets based on what conversion pixel I want to optimize to. Well, you're missing a lot of you know optimization juice there because the people who opt in for the other things you're going to miss, you're not going to get your real cost per acquisition. I know that they added the ability later to track multiple conversion pixels, but still that's kind of a workaround and still kind of painful.
2: And even when you had the ability to track multiple conversion pixels, you still weren't able to track other actions people were taking on your site. So I think that the new pixel is also... A much more robust way to track user activity outside of just a single funnel. And I think as you know sort of the internet progresses and you know we become smarter as as consumers online, that's only going to be more important. So not just looking at the performance of one funnel, but really looking at what a user's doing across your whole website.
0: So, Andrew, so kind of break it down for us. I mean, there's custom conversions, there's standard events, and then there's events and parameters, and what we kind of refer to as custom events at times. Like, in those three different areas, where do you use them from the most simple website all the way up to a very complex? site maybe not too complex for our listeners but you know where do you use each element how would you attack it if somebody said all right please set up this new conversion pixel for me based upon the complexity of their funnel
3: the first thing is we have the base pixel so this is going to be the code that you get in the ad manager uh, interface right when you go to tools and then pixels in your ad manager account and then there's that that tab still now where it says new pixel old conversion pixels so if you're in the new pixel section and you click get my code or email my code, or I can't remember the exact link there, but this is the block of code that it's going to give you that looks like a, uh, a big script block. So that's the first component is the base pixel, right? So if you want to imagine the base pixel as it's out of the box, going to give you the ability to track people based on URLs, it'll do all your page tracking for you. And this is the pixel you're going to want to put you know, in the header of your site, you know, in the head, or you know, wherever you have in your theme file or whatever theme you're using for your website, uh, wherever you have that box that says place analytics code here or something along those lines, that's where you're going to want to place it because you want this thing to fire on every single page hit.
0: So that's the first thing that you do. Like if you're brand new, you've got a brand new website and you're starting Facebook ads, the first thing you do, it's like the first thing in our checklist when we bring a client on board is check this, obviously, if it's a brand new site. But you put the website custom audience, the new Facebook pixel mm-hmm. on every page of your site inside the head tags
3: and you start from there. And that's step one. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and again, most themes come with that, that placement, you know, where you can put it in a setting like, oh, fire this on every page. Worst case, you know, in like WordPress, you can have your developer add it to the header. So anyway, so that's the the base pixel, right? And that's step one. So one thing to note here is if you have the old Facebook pixel, the old remarketing pixel on your site, when you go to place this new one, you'll want to get rid of the old one. You don't want to have both firing because they basically do the same thing. It's just a slightly different version of the code there. The next question was, how do we know what to do from there?
0: Yeah, like I've got a really basic, let's start from simple.
3: I have one lead magnet.
0: You know, I've, you know, my site is 10 to 20 pages deep. You know, this is not a marketer.com site by any stretch, but somebody like that, where do I go next after I place that pixel, you know, on every page of my site through the head tagger?
3: So at that point, there's a couple questions to ask yourself, and this will kind of impact how you're going to set it up. Number one, is it one funnel, right? If we have, you know, if you're saying this is the most simple example, if we have just one funnel, right, it's kind of one core product. Uh, There's not a lot of deviation, like different personas that we want to drive through different funnels. That's really your first question is, is this a a kind of a linear or single funnel? The second question is, do I have dedicated thank you pages for every one of the actions that I want to track? So if someone opts in for a lead magnet, do they go to a, a unique Thank you page URL as the next step in that sequence, and then you know maybe you have your tripwire upsell so on the thank you page. Well, if they buy that, do you do you have another URL that's separate? And the reason I say that is if you answered that yes, I do have a very linear funnel, fairly simple, and yes, I do have thank you pages for uh, each one of my key events, then we can really just get by with just the base pixel. We don't have to overcomplicate this thing, and we talk about this in the blog post. If you check out the easy setup walkthrough, uh, we kind of go through this type of arrangement. So in in that case, we really just need the base pixel. And then we're going to use custom conversions. If you haven't seen custom conversions, you can find them in the uh, ad manager under the tools section. And we're going to set up custom conversions for each step of that funnel. Now, a custom conversion enables you to use... a a single URL or a group of URLs to fire an event. So just like in the old days, you would take your old conversion pixel, right? Your old conversion pixel code, and I might go place it on one or many thank you pages. Now you kind of have control over that in the custom conversion interface. So like uh, going back to our example, let's say our first page of our site is is an opt-in or a squeeze page. We're trying to get the visitor to opt-in. And then on that thank you page, let's say the URL is like, you know, ends in uh, thank-u-lm, just to be simple. So I would go into custom conversions and I would set up a new custom conversion and it's going to ask you, what URL do you want to match for this event? I would just put in, you know, thank-u-lm and then uh, it'll ask you, what type of conversion is this? And I would choose lead from, from the dropdown. And then the next screen will ask you, how much is it worth to you? You know, so you can put in, if you know your lead value, you can throw that in there or just leave it blank. And then you're done, you confirm it, you publish it, you have that custom conversion to track your leads. Um, And that's gonna show up in your ad reporting interface as well as your ad set optimization interface. So that's the most simple setup is that you just keep the base pixel, we're not gonna add any more code to our site, the rest of the work is gonna be done in the actual Facebook ad interface.
0: So just a question on that, and this is one that we get a fair amount of, and I've always been curious. There's basically, there's three different options when you create a custom conversion. It's URL contains, URL equals, and then the other one, which is event, which we'll talk about in just a second. So if I have, you know, thank hyphen you hyphen, you know, L M, do I put the equals on that or do I just do contains? Do I do the entire URL? What's your best practice as far
3: as that goes. Your whole goal here is just to be sure that the pixel only fires where you want it to. So it kind of depends on what URLs you have on your site. Now, if you do a good job of keeping up with like, okay, I'm not just going to call my thank you page, thank you for every product, right? Because now I've got one thank you page and and this is possible to do with a more advanced setup to use one thank you page for every product. But that's that's pretty complicated So. If, again, going back to our simple example, typically what I'll do is I'll do contains and then I'll do the full path of the URL. So when I say path, I'm talking about whatever comes after digitalmarketer.com slash and then whatever is in that next block between that slash and the next slash in the URL, that's what I'm going to put in there. I'm going to do contains because I don't typically put in the full URL. I just find that contains matches better. The one thing you want to be careful of is if on your site, you might have thank-u-lm right? And then I might go into my rule and put URL contains thank-u-lm. But then I'll launch another lead magnet. And then my thank you page is thank-u-lm-2. Well, now my first custom conversion is going to match both of those patterns. So it's more of like being mindful and, and managing what you have on your site and then using that appropriately. So in that one,
0: for example, URL contains, if it's you put in thank-u-lm, but your tripwire is THANK-U-LM-TW, then it could conceivably double count conversions because you're using that contains. And that's a question that we get a lot. And that's a great tool, the security URL scanner, to make sure that this doesn't happen. But this is a
3: little thing that can really trip up your tracking, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, that's that's the biggest, like, out of all the questions I get, it's always, why's my... Why are my conversions wrong? But a lot of times people try to reconcile data across Google Analytics and Facebook. And there's uh, there's like two or three big reasons why those numbers will almost always be different. And it's not always that something's broken. Uh, typically, as marketers, you know, we want to be sure that we're getting credit for uh, every single conversion that occurs. So sure. if something sure. looks off, we kind of panic and we, we're like, oh, man, this, this has got to be something wrong with my, my tracking or whatnot. Yeah,
0: I mean one of the things that we found is that we we find that there is in, in some of our sites, there's multiple thank you pages for multiple versions of the same product. And it might be a volume, like they might buy either one or three or four or six, but each one has a slightly different URL structure for the thank you page. So we found that if instead of just putting in one thank you, you know, snippet of that URL. We put in all four or five. We're now gathering, you know, more information and being able to optimize. But also, we're counting those upsells as well because we want to count those as you know and. in specific cases as additional revenue as additional conversions so it matches the revenue volume that we're generating as well so i mean it's uh it's an important little point there and that's probably maybe a good you know lead in to kind of the next question is is if you have a site that's maybe a little bit more complex all right we've gone through the the simple site one lead magnet one tripwire one core offer great simple site custom conversions is probably your ticket now all of a sudden, let's say I've got a number of different lead magnets, I've got a few tripwires, I've got multiple versions of, of different products, or maybe even going into a small e-commerce kind of setup. How would you set that up? And what tools would you use
3: in that case? For the next level up, if you have a lot of lead magnets, if you're if you're building a lot of content, you have a lot of blog posts, and then you know you maybe you have like two or three separate funnel paths, this is where we're going to start using the power of events, right? So we talked about placing our base pixel on every page that's the first step for everybody pretty much now the problem that you're going to run into when you start getting into uh, a funnel that has a lot of different lead magnets and a lot of different uh, core offers is that you're going to run out of those custom conversions uh, number one for now the, i think right now the limit's still at 20. I, we've heard through the grapevine that that's going to be slowly lifted you know over time yeah let's hope so so Again, we're going to run out of uh, custom conversions eventually. And the the other problem is that if you just use custom conversions and you have all these different events on your site, all these different opt-in points and purchase points, you're going to end up with kind of the same problem you had with the old conversion pixels, where I have like all these individual conversion events based on URLs. And it's like, well, what if the URLs change? What if, uh, you know, every time I add a new product, I'm going to have to go back into Ad Manager and add that URL to a new custom conversion uh, it just gets to be like a lot to kind of keep control of. So the event is just like kind of another block of code. It just looks like another piece of JavaScript code. Uh, don't let it scare you off. They're fairly templated. So Facebook gives us, uh, I think it's nine standard events, right? And they, they match up with what you would expect for the progression through a funnel. We have view content, we have lead, we have uh, for the e-commerce folks, we have add to cart, initiate checkout, uh, add to wish list add payment information, purchase. Um, We have kind of a a list of about nine events, right? And just remember that these events you want to map to correspond to your your funnel sequence. So let's talk again about the example about the opt-in for a lead magnet. So instead of relying on a custom conversion in this case, because I might have 50 lead magnets, I don't want to go in and throw all these URLs into a custom conversion. For every one of those pages, I'm going to add another block of code. So for all those thank you pages where they download the lead magnet, I'm going to add another block with this event code that says FBQ track lead. And that's the starting point of the event code. The idea here is we're going to fire a lead event on every single one of those thank you pages. And the benefit of this is twofold. Number one, our ongoing work that we have to do to be sure that we fire these events when someone opts in, like if we add another new lead magnet, the work is now moved from the ad manager interface really into your website or your tag management system because all I have to do is if I add a new lead magnet, now I just need to be sure that I add the the lead event on that new thank you page. I don't have to go back into ad manager and add a new URL to a custom conversion. Benefit number two, now I can scope my conversions at different levels of detail. And this is really where the power comes in for the new Facebook pixel in that if you go to power editor and you start setting up a new campaign and you're using the new Facebook pixel and you're using events, what you're going to find is that when you go to the ad set level, let's say we're running a website conversion campaign, right? So our objective is website conversions. And when we go to the ad set level, it's going to ask us, what conversion are you optimizing for? I could pick just in general, the event called lead. So back to our blog post example, I might have three to 10 call to actions in an extreme case for different lead magnets on that blog post well, now I don't really care what they opt in for. If I want to optimize for lead acquisition for that campaign in the ad set settings, I just changed the optimization objective to leads. And because we're firing a lead event on every single one of those, those lead magnet opt-in points, I'm going to get to count every single one of them towards my goal. And that's important, especially for lower traffic sites, because Facebook wants us to get 20 conversions per ad set per day, an optimal optimization environment, right? So, to give Facebook's algorithms enough juice to, and enough uh, information to really optimize the way they're built, you want to be able to get 20 conversions on your target event per ad set per day. So you can imagine if you're thinking about that, like, wow, if I'm running a lead acquisition campaign and I just run into one lead magnet, I'm going to have to spend a lot of money unless I have an extraordinary conversion rate to get 20 leads inside that ad set every day. And again, that's not mandatory. That 20 is just kind of a rule of thumb or a best practice, but you can certainly get by with less. But what this enables you to do is that because we're firing the lead event on every single opt-in point, we're going to be able to still optimize for leads and Facebook's going to get way more information about who should they serve your ad to next.
0: That's one of the powers of this thing that, that people probably don't realize quite yet. I mean, hopefully after this, this show here, they, they will. So getting back to that level of complexity. So I've got 10 different lead magnets uh, using, you know, events and parameters. How would I, for one specific lead magnet, how would I do that? Like I've got my Facebook, you know, ad template lead magnet. Let's just use that as our example. So how would I set that up?
3: How would I optimize for it? How would you do it? this goes back to the big pain point with the new pixel, the question of going broad or saying, I want to optimize for all these lead events was already kind of in the books. You could do that since they launched the new pixel. But the problem Mm -hmm. was what if I want to optimize for one specific lead event, right? Um, Without using an old conversion pixel. So let's talk through the way that we would set up the event first. So again, Mm -hmm. we would be using that lead event in the blog post. We have a link to the standard events and we have some code examples, but we would be making a FBQ track lead call. Then immediately after the lead in the, in the code, you'll see a curly bracket, and that's basically an object in JavaScript. And inside of that curly bracket, you'll see that we have what are called parameters. So parameters just define more detail about the event that occurred. So this is still a lead event, but we might want to put in there content underscore name, which is one of the standard parameters that Facebook provides us with the new pixel. And I might want to put content underscore name and then put the name of the lead magnet without any spaces or special characters or anything. In that case, we could optimize for a lead overall, just the lead event, if we wanted to optimize for every lead on our site. Or Mm -hmm. later we could come back into custom conversions. And just like we did with URLs, and this time, instead of using a URL rule, that first dropdown in the custom conversion setup, we're going to change it from URL to event. It's going to auto pull in all the events that are fired on your site. So once you change that drop down to event in the custom conversion settings, in the next box, it's going to say, okay, well, what event do you want to optimize for? And then if you've had leads on your site, you can click that drop down and you'll see lead, right? So we're going to choose lead, but I want to optimize for a specific lead magnet, this Facebook ad template uh, library lead magnet. So once you choose lead, you'll see another box that appears below that, that asks for the content or the parameter name. And you can click there, and then I can choose content name, and then just like the URL conditions, I can say content name equals or contains or whatever Facebook Ad Template Library. So now we have this new custom conversion that's going to enable us to optimize just specifically for that that one lead magnet. And the most like complex, I guess, sophisticated tagging buildouts use both. So in some cases, we would use the general events overall. Like for an e-commerce store, if you were optimizing for purchase, I don't know what product they're going to buy if I'm driving them to like our best sellers page, right? So I would optimize for purchase in general. But in other cases, like if I wanted to be sure that I'm getting optimization for this exact persona of people, who are interested in Facebook ads, I might use the custom conversion to go more specific on my optimization objective. Right. So the rule of thumb really is here. If you've got, let's say you've
0: got three different lead magnets and I think, you know, maybe a small digital marketer example would be good here. So if you've got somebody who's interested in Facebook ads, maybe somebody who's interested in blogging and we've got 212 blog post ideas. And then we have you know, what, what's uh, a third one, like content marketing, yeah,
2: social swipe files. So they would be, maybe they're interested in social media,
0: social media. So you've got three, they're all interested in digital marketing. Yes. Yes. So they are all potential leads for this business, for this mini digital marketer example here. But each one of these people is really is a different avatar. I've got Facebook guy, I've got blog post guy, and I've got the social media person. So this gives you that level of precision where you can now optimize for each one. Now you could do this the old way with the old conversion pixel by putting that on the thank you page but here you've got lead is sort of your hierarchy at, at the top and then below that you've got ways in which to really customize it as a custom conversion and it's 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 a matter of just adding that particular is it snippet of code i never really know what the coding <laughs> language is
2: i say snippet <laughs> yeah that's right
0: yeah that sounds really cody i think saying <laughs> <Yeah>. snippet <laughs>
3: want to be sure that the event code comes after the base code because the base code loads in all these like helper functions and all this necessary technology to let the event code work. So we want to just be sure that the base code comes first and then the event code or the code snippet for the event code comes later in the page. And we had a great question on the digital marketer community, the engaged community about this exact thing. I think a common point of confusion for people is that you don't have to put the base tag and the event tag right next to each other. Like I could put Mm -hmm. the base tag in the header and then I could put the event code at the very bottom of my page, like at the very end. Once that base pixel loads in, all it's really doing for us is is initiating your pixel ID. So it's saying, Hey, Facebook, this is ad account, you know, number one, eight, six, five, six. And then it's also loading in this FBQ function that you'll see called on all of our events, right? So it's basically setting us up to say, this is the ad account that we're looking at. And then, all right, now for this page, you're ready to fire any event that you want later in the page. Like we've already given you kind of the tools you need to fire your events. That's one of the points of contention I've heard because people get confused about like, oh, well, I only have one box on my site to add tracking code. And I can't place this on every single page. This event's just for one page. Well, You can put the event code anywhere you want in the page as long as it comes after the base pixel code. Uh, I didn't know that. tip. I didn't know that either. (laughs) Some people even put the events inside the base code. Like if they don't have a universal base pixel, like they don't have like a place to put it in the head on every page. And they're for some reason, you know, going through and manually placing it on every page. They'll add the events inside that code basically as soon as that fbq is brought into and made available in the page you could call it from anywhere i mean you could even go into your this is really nerdy but if you wanted to you could go into your console (laughs) of your browser and you could type out fbq track hey molly and i recommend everyone do that on digitalmarketer.com yeah go to your computers right now
2: please don't
1: So one more question on this is amazing stuff. A lot of people have, they might have one lead magnet, but they have a few different checkouts. So they might have a uh, three or four products that they're trying to maybe optimize for or track. Uh, They might not have a lead magnet. Maybe they have like three products. So there's a lot of people that are publishers, right? Sell information that are kind of in a unique situation. They're not e-commerce, but they have maybe one lead magnet and then a few, just like say they want to track or optimize what would you suggest for that situation
3: so the are the products like sequential is it like a product one is the low price product two is this is more expensive or are they all just kind of the same price and available
1: most cases they're they're going to be more expensive in ascension with a little bit of cross-selling and so say say the average person has like three main products maybe two to five a lot of people are in that situation
3: it it really depends on how comfortable you are if you have a really good developer uh, that you work with or if you're a developer I'd always recommend the events because it kind of future-proofs your setup. And you know, if you have 3 products now, but you know next year you really uh, step on it, and you're going to try to publish more lead magnets and products. It would really benefit you to use events to go ahead and be prepared for that kind of build out, but if for you it's all about speed to market and getting this thing up and running, which a lot of people are in that situation, you know, they talk to me and they're like, "Hey man, just give me the brass tacks, you know What's the minimum dosage to give me my ability to, to track my conversions the right way? You know, if you have one lead magnet and three products, I would say just use the base pixel. I'm going to assume that they have thank you pages for all those uh, separate products. Just use your custom conversions.
0: So keep it simple if you can, but if there's a higher level of complexity, obviously get into some of the stuff that we had mentioned here.
3: And a lot of those sites where they do get larger, I mean that's. That's where your tag management system is going to really come in handy. Uh, And also having a developer who can send you the data dynamically for different products. In a lot of the larger sites, there's a container of data that's kind of the metadata pulled from the back end of the website. Like, for instance, for digital marketer, um, if I go to a blog post that it's about Facebook advertising, when the page loads, it's going to fire off these uh, variables on your page that say content category is Facebook ads. Content persona is social media ad manager um, and you know a whole slew of variables and then we can pass those dynamically into the facebook tag versus having to do it page by page which is an extremely painful process and that's what i didn't understand when i first started with doing tag management stuff and kind of this pixel kind of nerdy tracking stuff was the the whole key to the setup if when you get into that world of i have a big site with a lot of content and a lot of products and so forth the whole key is is getting the data dynamically from the server, not going page by page and doing it manually. And um, I know that's a pretty complex topic. Most people might not care about that. Yeah, that's complicated, for sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good to know, though. Good
3: to know. I wanted to touch on two FAQs real quick. So FAQ number one would be the most common question I get when I set the new pixel up for somebody is when you go to ad manager and you run a website conversion uh, campaign, when you look at the results, it says like 800 conversions and you're like, oh crap, I got right. 800 purchases, you know? And you're like yes. so pumped up. And you're like, dude, I'm getting 20 cent conversions. I'm getting 20 cent purchases. And then <laughs> you dig a little deeper yeah. and you're like, wait, I go to my Shopify store. I only got, I only got four orders. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And the knee jerk reaction is Facebook's not optimizing for my objective. They're counting everything. You know what I
2: mean? Right. And really, they're just tracking everything. For they you are now. tracking
3: everything. Right.
2: <laughs>
0: you have to tell it what to track that's important to you.
2: It's all about setting up the reports in a way that actually reflects what you're measuring. A way for you to overcome, you know, logging in and, and only having that one conversion number and you don't really know what that conversion is, you just want to go to Customize Columns in the Ads Manager and make sure you're customizing your reports to really look at whatever you're trying to measure. So if you set up the, the campaign to optimize for leads, well, then make sure you're customizing the report so that you're actually looking at the number of leads and the cost per lead and not just overall conversions as a whole. Because, you know, like we said earlier, that could be a conversion you know anywhere on your site not just this particular cost per lead that you're looking at for that campaign
0: and if you want to be completely delusional that you're the greatest digital marketer in the world just uh, use the performance drop down because that gives you results of all your conversions but it's c- completely false so you have to do those customized columns under uh, columns right in ads manager it's super important
3: or do uh, just do what some people who won't be named do when they sell courses online and show screenshots of their results and hard Hard code $1,000 as your conversion value for like a $2 product and then show their ad back in and go, look at this. No, I've never seen that. (laughs) Take a look at this screenshot, guys. I'm making millions. And you look and like they accidentally didn't blur out the ad spin. I'm like, you made $80,000 on a $30 ad? I don't know, man. I'm not sure if I buy that. All right. So then the, the last thing would be one of the more common or questions I get is people sending me panic messages about hey I look at Facebook they say I got 18 conversions and then I when I log into Google Analytics it only says that my Facebook has delivered me you know four sales so my tracking is wrong here something's completely wrong or Facebook's uh, messed up something must be up with their algorithms and the, the answer is that there's a there's a number of things that can happen there's a number of reasons why those things are different the main reason is that you got to remember that Facebook's default attribution settings, so the the way it views conversions is within 28 days of a click or one day of a view of an ad, it's going to give that ad credit for that conversion. All that Google cares about on the default attribution settings in Google Analytics is what happened inside that session when they clicked. So if I have 18 conversions in Facebook, well, it's counting anyone that clicked that ad as the, the last Facebook ad they clicked in the last 28 days and anyone who viewed the ad and then bought within the next 24 hours. All Google is looking at is in that session, did they come from Facebook and did they make a purchase? So it's not a big problem there. And then uh, also keep in mind that some browsers are gonna block Google Analytics.
0: Happens all the time. And it's something that we could probably do an entire podcast episode on view through conversions versus click through conversions. But I think what you told them right there is is really good.
1: All right, this has been amazing stuff, but the one thing that I want to stress to you is that this is a big, big deal. We know Facebook is is, is the biggest opportunity we, we've seen in, I, don't, I can't even imagine how many years, and this is the stuff you got to figure out, so you, you got to do the work, and get to that blog post, go to the show notes, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast, and take some time, Okay, the time to read through this, watch his videos, it will pay you off 100-fold, okay? All of a sudden, what will happen is it will go from sounding like foreign language to making sense, and you will be so glad you did it. So, get to the show notes, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast, and Andrew, what's the best place people can find you? This has been awesome
3: yeah yeah thank you the the, the website is funnelboom.com uh, again we have a couple uh, resources we set up for free for digital marketer folks at uh, funnelboom.com slash dm there's a couple uh, guides in there about how to create images quickly and uh, finding your audience and then we'll, we'll also put the updated version of the pixel implementation guide in there too so thank you guys so much for for having me on
2: yeah thank you andrew yeah
3: thanks andrew it's been awesome dude Talk to you all soon.
0: Bye-bye. See you. You've
1: been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.